from the city of brotherly love, this is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, this episode is brought to you by our amazing sponsor and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off of QuickBooks, if you're ready to start automating your business processes, just make that next step up the ladder reach out to us because SAP has platforms that are available for small businesses, whether you're one or two users, all the way up to the thousands. Again, that's Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R.com. Now let's get back to today's episode. We're going to be chatting about how to make your LinkedIn profile dummy proof. Okay, so who do we have today? None other than Donna Serdula. Donna is the founder and president of Vision Board Media, a professional branding company that helps individuals and companies tell their unique stories on LinkedIn and beyond, bringing dynamic brand storytelling to the masses and empowering people to dream big. That's the ink in her pen. It's her website, linkedin-makeover.com, where she and her team of over 20 writers and coaches help people collide with opportunity and transform their lives via future forward career branding. She has also authored two editions of the LinkedIn profile optimizations for dummies. Yes, you all know it. It's those yellow and black for dummies book. Our guest today has done two editions of the LinkedIn profile optimization. So awesome. So without further delay, let's bring Donna right on in here. Business strategy. Donna, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became shark bait. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. Oh, no problem. I'm really honored to have a guest that's been featured in so many media outlets like you on the show. This is going to be an amazing discussion. First, we have a tradition. We've been asking it since the first episode. Who are you? What do you do for a living? How'd you get there? What's your expertise? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Donna Donna. Well, what makes Donna Donna? Well, you know, I'm I'm known for my love and belief in LinkedIn. I, I love I love that platform. I joined it back in 2005. I, I started my business in 2009, and I saw back then a, a potential, a potential that a lot of people didn't see. And and I said, my goodness, you know, this LinkedIn profile is a place where you shouldn't be copying and pasting a resume. You should be telling your story. You should really showcase, you know, to the world who you are and what you do. But I also recognize that it's really hard to write about yourself. It doesn't matter who you are, what you do. It's really, really hard. And, and, and so I wanted to help people tell that story. Especially like what's boasting, you know, am I bragging too much on this or am I giving relevant info? That's a struggle, I think, for people. Oh, and David, here's the thing. Like if, if it wasn't hard, right? Like if you were like, I love to write about myself, you'd be a narcissist, right? So this is like, it's a good sign that you can't write about yourself. Like jump up and down. You're a well-adjusted human being. That's good. 
but you, you need help. You need help because people are looking and, you know, oftentimes they're not even visiting a website. More often than not, they're visiting this profile and they want to know who, who are you? What is this trajectory? Whether you apply for a job or, you know, like if I get a prospect, I do ERP sales with small business, uh, with SAP Business One, Business by Design S4 with Sador USA, sponsored the show, by the way. Um, but with them, uh, you know, a lot of times when I get a customer, I'm looking them up on, as, uh, on LinkedIn because I'm trying to find out, is this person wasting my time because all they use is Oracle, NetSuite products, or Microsoft products, and we're just going to be fodder in this deal because they've never touched business one. I try to find out details like that. Yeah. You know, and I think people do, they, they go to that profile and they want to learn more. They want to see who your network is. They want to see organizations you belong to. They want to see your trajectory. They want to see, did you just, you know, rise out of nowhere or, or did you cut your teeth? Did you really, you know, earn your stripes? And, and this is a place where you can tell that story and, and people have, they have the ability, this, this power to control how others perceive them through the words and the narrative and the context that they put into that LinkedIn profile. I mean, that that's kind of the same though. Uh, you know, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, people give these curated images of their life. Like, oh, look, I have the perfect family, the white picket fence, the perfect house, the perfect life, the travel glam life. I mean, people try to do that with other social media, but what you're saying is, you can do that with your professional brand by doing it properly with uh, LinkedIn. Yeah, you, you can. But here's the thing. I mean, with LinkedIn, a good story has drama, right? A good story has, you know, these moments where you're lost and you don't know where to go, but you found your way out. Right. So, so I'm not saying whitewash it. I'm not saying just put the, the most dazzling pieces out there, but, you know, really think to yourself, you know, how do I want others to see, to perceive me? How do I want people to view me? You know, oftentimes what happens, David, is people either, they do one of two things, right? So with LinkedIn, they'll either put very little in there. They put very little in there and then they wonder why they're not colliding with any opportunity or why people are uh, just looking at them and not seeing who they really are and what they're capable of. So that's that's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is they they define themselves so perfectly for where they sit right now. And they wonder, they think, oh, God, I'm always getting pigeonholed. You're getting pigeonholed because you've branded yourself perfectly for where you are. And so we need to start looking ahead and we need to start saying, okay, what is it that you don't want to do anymore? Let's not talk about that. You know, what are you doing that, that aligns you to where you want to go? I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting in any way lying. I'm not saying be unethical, but I am saying, you know, really decide, you know, what does, what does that vision look like? And how can we start to to shape that narrative, to shape that story so people see you in that manner? I mean, I, I think that's good because, you know, so many business owners come on this very show and what you'll hear from them all the time is, yeah, you know, I failed or I had this and they're upfront about it because very few will be like, you know, oh, I've only had success. I've never had a, a, any major failures. I've been lucky. Very few are like that. Most 
owners come on and they talk about their failures. And obviously <laughs> I put them on the spot and ask them what they were. Uh, and, uh, some are willing to share, some are too embarrassed, but um, you know, it is what it is. But back to the LinkedIn profile, I'm under the mindset and correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. There are two different profile types. Okay. One, if you're looking for a job. Two, if you're having a job, you're planning on staying there and you're trying to build your network slash prospect on LinkedIn. I think that there are two main types. What do you say about that? And what tips do you have on both those types of profiles? Yeah, and you're right. There are. Uh, I would even go so far as to say it, it, it fractures even more. It frays into even more segments because there is the reputation management profile. There's the the branding profile. That's, there's the expertise profile. There's the, the business development, the sales, the prospecting, that profile. They're all... I was trying to do it high level, Donna. <laughs> I can't. I'm a detail-oriented person. <laughs> you totally hit upon. So I have an acronym. It's a methodology. It's an acronym. It's called SOAR. And this is how I explain to my clients and to when I when I speak uh, how S O S O A R SOAR like SOAR to success and SOAR like an eagle. Um, strategize, optimize, amplify, and relate. That that is LinkedIn. That's boiling it down. That's what LinkedIn is. That's what you need to do. And so that S is what you're talking about, which is why are you on LinkedIn? What are you trying to accomplish? Who is your target audience? What do they need to know about you? If they're searching for you, what keywords might they be putting into the search engine to find you? Right. It's it's really getting very clear in terms of what you want out of LinkedIn, because if you don't know what you want out of LinkedIn, you're never going to get there. Right. So it's it's being really, really clear. This is why I'm on. I'm looking for a job or I'm looking to be promoted, or I'm looking to network more effectively, or I want to join the conversation. I want to get involved. I want to engage. I want to develop myself professionally. I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want to demonstrate my thought leadership. All of these are reasons. I just had a recent experience because we have uh, this company that we have them through SAP. They're from Columbia, but they haven't, you know, they work internationally and, uh, they, because I'm an executive at Sador USA, uh, they are tasked with trying to change my, well, make sure my profile is in line and all that stuff. And at first they're like, uh, they were trying to rip it up as far as, oh no, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Like list uh, your, your accomplishment, you know? And to me, I'm like, no, first off, I have it on creator mode. Second off, uh, because of the podcast, it's on creator mode. But second off is that that profile that you're saying to me sounds like somebody that's looking for a job, not for someone that's happy at their job and trying to expand the network and show their expertise. David, you hit upon something really huge. And so what this is, is how do you optimize that profile? And a lot of times with, with companies, they are now beginning to say, wait, how do our, how do our employees look on LinkedIn? Do they look like they're looking or do they look like they're happy to be here? And, and companies are beginning to realize that, wait, you know what, at one time, it was, hey, job seekers, job candidates, you better look good for us. 
right? Make sure your profile looks good because we're looking. Well, you know what? That that those that table has shifted, right? Because now these 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 people who are these job candidates, these rock stars, they're 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 coming at a totally different level before than ever before. And now they're looking at these companies and they're saying, you better look good for me. You want me to work for you? You better show me that I'm working with a great team full of rock stars that are going to challenge me, that I'm working at a place that's not toxic. You know, that 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 is funny that you say that because they're in the Great Recession. I I was out of work and I could not find a job. I was living in Tijuana looking for work in San Diego. And that's where I started doing independent business consulting and, you know, trying to get American companies that wanted to break into Mexico. I found a niche. I had lived down there at 10 years at that point, And uh, it ended up working out for me pretty well. But during that whole time, I was still looking, can I find full-time employment? And the answer was yes, but it took me all the way to 2015 uh, for that to happen. It was like six years until I finally accepted a job offer. But I mean, there were a lot of interviews I ended up getting kicked out of. And the reason was they found me arrogant because I was interviewing them. And it was like, hey, you know, you're, you know, you called me in for an interview, you know, I have the experience. I'm trying to find out if you guys are a good company, you know, if I want to work for you, because it's not so much you guys give me an offer, and, you know, I'll accept it or not, I need to decide if I even want an offer from you guys, you know, it's an empowered mindset. It's an empowered mindset. It's, you know, what you bring to the table, company back then, it was considered arrogant. You know, nowadays, I think it's more common. Well, David, back then, that 2015, 2016. Well, this was probably like 2010 to 2015 in that range. Yeah. Well, in, in, in that era, in that time period, back then when I was doing profiles, um, well, we're still doing profiles, of course, but CEOs would flock to our service. They were like, you got to make me look great. I need to look fabulous on LinkedIn. And I would say, look, you now look fabulous. You look, you know, impressive. People are attracted to you. They're, they're, you know, they're, they're resonating with your message. Let's talk about your executive team. Let's talk about your, any, any of those external facing employees. We need to make them look great too, because when you showcase your best, you're going to attract the best. That's opportunities. That's, that's prospects. That's clients. That's vendors. That's, that's, that's investors, right? It's, it's all of those things. And back then those CEOs would say, no, Donna, we're not, I'm, I'm no way. I want my people people to look terrible. I want them to look terrible on LinkedIn because if they look terrible, they won't get poached. They're afraid of headhunters. They were afraid of headhunters. Things have shifted. And that's where a company needs to have the strong culture to be confident that you are going to retain your employees. I mean, it's almost like, I don't know, I call it the cheating uh, spouse theory. You know, if you think your spouse is uh, uh, cheating, you know, you have that insecurity. And oftentimes, you know, it's kind of the same thing with an employer-employee relationship. Well, it's it's kind of like that old Zig Ziglar quote, the one where he says, the only thing worse than uh, training your employees and losing them to the competition is not training them and keeping them, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I, I have not heard that Zig Ziglar quote, um, although I did get to see him speak uh, right before, I think, uh, like at the very end of his career. I never got to see him. I would have loved to. But, but you know what? 
but here's, so here's the thing. So what these companies are doing now is they're saying, okay, we need to look, we need to make sure our employees look good because we want to recruit better talent. We want to have better prospects. We want better opportunities. We need to make sure our employees look good. So what they do is they say, all right, employees, make sure your profiles look good. They just, it's just this like, boom, hammer down. And then what do the employees do? They go, oh, I don't have time for this. Let me grab my old out-of-date resume and let me just copy and paste the fields of my resume. And, and what happens, their profiles are now optimized for job search. Right, which is what we were talking about originally. See, you just went full circle. I went, I, I see, I kept my eye on the ball there. So what, what's been happening is these, these companies that they, they go through that and they have, you know, horrible failure. Then they reach out to us and they say, okay, how can you, can you help us? And what happens there is when you reach out to that third party to help with those profiles, the, well, when you say to an employee, fix your profile, make it look good. That employee goes just like you did. I don't want to, this is my profile. How dare you How dare you tell me what to do. But when you flip that script and you say, look, we want you to work with this branding agency who's going to come in and help you tell your story. Cause we want, we want the world to know how awesome you are. To clarify that company did come back and they're like, after we did some more research about the U.S. market and you having a podcast and a personal brand, which is a large reason why I am in the position I am. You know, I write on Forbes and stuff like that is because they were uh, investing in my personal brand to bring that on board uh, for their image as well, too. Uh, but that agency did say, you know what, David, actually, you're right. It's perfect the way it is. And there was a few things I had to tweak. Because it was right around the time that I changed positions. So I needed to update some info. And I'm like, yeah, obviously. I mean, I just changed jobs like a week ago. I haven't updated it yet. But um, outside of that, they said it was perfect uh, after they did the further review. So I was kind of happy with that. That is awesome that they were able to open open their eyes and see what what you were bringing to the table. And that, you know, it wasn't it was an empowered statement. It wasn't anything that was obnoxious or or Eric. I went through it line by line and I tore it apart and I was just pretty much and I tried to be respectful but I was like you know first off they're saying like uh, one of the funniest things that they told me and this is nothing against them but a reason why people should probably be talking to someone like you is there you know the LinkedIn recommendations I don't know. I have like 40 or 50 on there. And two of them that were showing were two of my sales reps that left a recommendation after I resigned from my previous uh, job to take where I'm at now at Sator USA. And um, you can't control that. I can't control the order in which they show. So it's like, what, you want me to just erase the ones that are sitting up top? I'm not going to do that. Like, you're crazy. Uh, it, that, that was the biggest thing that was frustrating to me because it's like, if I could change the order, okay, let me change one that shows me as a biz dev leader because, again, I write for Forbes for Biz Dev, one that shows me with the podcast, okay, and one that shows me as a business process automation uh, expert, which is my day job, because it does show three, at least when you're on the website. So I'm like, I could do one of each. That's not a problem, but it doesn't let you change it. So I'm like, how are you guys complaining? At one time, you could change the order of those recommendations. You can't anymore, which is a real shame because I agree. It would be nice to be able to put the really nice ones up on top and drop some of the other ones. I totally agree with all of that. I think, though, 
you know, looking, well, I, I wanted to say this earlier, so I'm going to circle back on this. And one thing that drives me nuts is that you said about how you had a lot of the CEOs reaching out uh, and like, oh, we want their profiles like trash, blah, blah, blah. What drives me nuts is that uh, for a company, especially like what we do with our company, um, they're, you know, the the employees that we have, they're true total experts at everything they, they do. We have so many subject matter experts. It's unbelievable. And it drives me bonkers that we don't have those people out evangelizing, writing blog posts uh, on other podcasts like this especially the VP level slash C level position, I think should be doing that. And you can even extend that them to your sales team that knows business pain points and, and stuff. They should be evangelizing. You may have some technical people that, yes, you need them out in the field working. But really, if they do one podcast interview, it takes them one hour time a month, okay? Is that really going to hurt your bottom line? Probably not. And the ROI that you get off that would pay a lot of dividends. What do you think about that idea in general? Because I think it it kind of falls into what we were discussing. Oh, it, it does. It does. I mean, you have these spokespeople who can be out there really evangelizing and advocating uh, and talking for the company. Now, what what we found is what these companies are doing is they're coming and saying, help, help these employees. Now, not all of them are doing this, but more and more are. And they're saying, Donna, come in and help these people, help them tell their story. And we're doing it when, they're, when we come in, the, the employee is saying, they, they care about me. They see my value. They're investing in me. This is professional development and they're embracing it. So before when I was saying how, you know, when the company says, hey, strong arm you, you know, make that profile look good says, here's, here is a consultant who's going to come in and help you tell your story, help you understand your value, understand these strengths and put it out there in a manner that is impressive. That's not obnoxious. That makes you look like an expert. Makes, yeah. It doesn't even make you look like an expert. It shows the world that you are the expert that we know you are. Two things with that. Two quick comments. One, every single guest uh, that I come on my show, I mean, like we were talking about pre-show, I say, Hey, I want you to shine like a rock star. I want you to be the rock star because it's my show. I'm here every week. People are probably tired of me by this point, okay? And when you come on, it's about you. You are center stage because naturally, and, you know, I'll put it out there in the open, but if you look good, guess what? My show looks good. The Shark My Biz looks good. I get the benefit of riding your coattails of you being a top-notch expert. So I... Whatever I do, whether I'm at a live event or or whatever speaking, I go with that non-egocentric attitude to that I'm going to help push and raise the bar of whoever is supporting me in that event uh, because ultimately it does come back to to help raise my profile as well too. And I take that with my team members as well. If I make them feel empowered, if I make them feel, um, you know, valued, like you were saying, you know, and help them raise their profile to show off the experts that they are, that's going to help them be more, more dedicated to me, to the team, to the goal, to the mission. And ultimately, the ROI on that, I mean, again, if you're afraid someone's going to headhunt 
your talent, you got way bigger issues than their LinkedIn profile. That's all I got to say on that. I, I agree. The nice thing though, is working with, you know, a consultant like us, when we come in, we are making sure that we're optimizing the profile for business development, for thought leadership. We're not inputting those, those, you know, recruiter type of words that they might be looking for. We're really saying what, who is the audience? The audience is not recruiters. The audience is our clients, our prospects, our, you know, service providers, our investors, you know, so on and so forth you know, down the line, but it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's approaching it and saying, let's, let's shine the light on our team and let's make sure they look fabulous. So one last topic I want to jump into before we wrap up is optimizing your LinkedIn profile. You know, let's, we've talked about it throughout this whole show. I mean, that's what the topic has been, but what are some tips that you can give to help people to really be found and stand out above the rest, you know, for, uh, I guess you can give both type of scenarios. One, if they're looking for a job and one, if they're looking to be a thought leader or biz dev or prospecting or whatever, I'd love to hear your, your point of view on both of those. Yeah. You know, when, when you are looking for, um, when your clients, when your target audience are prospects, it, the message that you need to to write that narrative that story needs to be directed to those pros, those prospects and what do they need to know about you what 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 are they looking for what do, what's going to make them feel more confident and 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 interested in working with you right so that you know so for business development for salespeople, it's not i love it's not i love to prospect i love to close i have no problem asking for the check that's going to turn prospects off mm -hmm. i love helping businesses grow i love helping businesses grow i love i understand I, you know i've been uh, entrenched in this community. I know my industry. I know the pain points. I, I can help you understand and I can help fix and solve these issues. That's more of the story, right? Now, let's say that exact same business development, that salesperson is now looking for a job. That That story is going to shift a little, right? It still should be, hey, I'm really interested in helping my you know, my community, because I think recruiters and companies want to know that that's important, but, but it also is going to get into, I'm, you know, I, I understand solution selling. I understand social selling, you know, I'm, I, you know, but you have to start to think what would those recruiters or those hiring managers or the HR professionals, what are they looking for in that candidate? And, and how are you going to bridge that? Because maybe we don't want to do a lateral step. Maybe we want to make that, ju that jump up. You know, and maybe it starts, maybe we start to say, you know what, I'm not really interested in that customer service end anymore. I want to get more into the leadership piece, you know, and so you want to start to cull some of that other stuff out. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me personally, I would never do a lateral move unless pretty much forced. I always would want to go up higher, um, which is what I did here. I mean, I went, I, I proved myself. I, I did it for the Northeast as a general manager of the Northeast, built that up to uh, what the initial mission was. And it was like, hey, mission complete. I did the job this year. And at that time, someone had a job, like we want you to do the same thing, but for US and then North America. So I'd be like, okay, that's the next step in my career. You know, my employer didn't offer it at the time. Sador did. So I, I jumped up there, but it was because again, you know, I had the profile 
set up, you know, like I look like an expert. And it's almost like you can think of it in a way, uh, not e-commerce, but websites. You know, a good website can make a five-person shop look like a Fortune 50 company. And I think it's the same thing with your LinkedIn profile. It's true. And in fact, companies are coming and saying, we want to look bigger, or maybe they're really big and they're saying, we want to look more cohesive. We want to look more unified. You know, we really want to showcase that we have teams and these departments that are really, you know, they're working together and they're fabulous. So it's, it really is just taking that, that's that, that moment to pause and say, all right, where do we sit within this LinkedIn ecosystem? And, and how, how do we compare to our competitors? How do we compare to, you know, other companies like us? What, do, what's our executive team look like? What, what message are, are, you know, externally facing spokesperson type of employees? What are they, what, how do they look? And then let's, then let's look and say, are we recruiting the talent? What are they posting? Are they posting? <laughs> oh, David, you're absolutely correct because it's not just that flat profile anymore, right? It's, it's, are they engaging? Are they, so, so with my sore, you know, it was, it was strategize, optimize, amplify is building the network. And then ours relate. Are they relating to people? Are they educating? Are they adding value? Are they inspiring? Are they honoring? Are they out there, you know, joining that conversation? Are they getting loud on LinkedIn? That's great. So very last question before we start talking, uh, you know, let you talk about your books that you have out there. Uh, but the first question or the last question I have is LinkedIn. If three years ago, if you asked people about it, it was probably the most underused, underused misunderstood uh, social media platform out there. I think COVID kind of helped people off that digital edge to where it's being, in some cases, overused. But how have you found it? Do you believe that people finally understand how to take full advantage of LinkedIn? Or are people still learning? People are still learning. They're still learning, but I think they're seeing the potential. I think they're seeing the vision of what it offers and, and what it can do. I, I do feel that there's a lot of people who are on LinkedIn, but on in a very voyeuristic type of way right? They're lurking, they're watching, they're paying attention, but they're not liking, they're not commenting, they're not reposting, and they are absolutely not creating content. And, and they don't create content because they don't want to rock the boat. They're unsure. They don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong. And so for them, or they could just be afraid of saying the wrong thing. And then it's like, oh, I'm going to have 10,000 people calling me up to get me fired. You know, they, they could, I think there's a lot of people that are afraid just of being canceled, period. You know, especially depending what industry you're in and, and what you're, you're talking about. It could be something as simple as just having an opinion on labor unions, you know, and you could just trigger the wrong crowd and you're in trouble. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is with LinkedIn, I, I do feel that it's the most polite social network out there. Um, you know, I've 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 been on it for years, absolute years. And on a whole, 
people are are kind, they're understanding. And if they do disagree, I, I find that they they come at it not in that I'm going to cancel you or I'm going to, you know. It's more professional. It's very, it's very professional. And I think the reason is it the audience on LinkedIn, when you're on Facebook, when you're on Instagram, the the idea they know your employer, your name, your picture. You're not an anonymous troll anymore. Exactly. But also the audience too, right? So when you're on Facebook, the audience, the 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 the, the audience is your fr- family and your friends, right? That's like the audience on on Facebook. But when you well, for me, for me, sorry uh, to interrupt, but for me, the audience is actually family, friends, and business. I mean, I have people that I want to uh, develop a more intimate relationship with in terms of business. I have on Facebook, and therefore, I only post stuff. I go a little bit further than I would from uh, LinkedIn, but it's only a hair. You know, I give my, I give a little bit more personality, but I use Facebook for the more intimate biz dev relationships to where I want to know. I'm yes. We're on the same, we're on the same page, but it's, there's that, there's that, there's more of an intimacy factor on Facebook. And I think it's because when we say it, family and friends are the first ones on the list. And then, and then, yeah, yeah, you're right. There are, there are business partners and, and colleagues, but those are ones that you vetted. Like you're, you're not just going to let everyone in. You know, you really want to make sure that it's the right people that you're putting in. Whereas with LinkedIn, it's the opposite. It's the family and friends are not even on that list. Yeah, people that you don't know and you want to portray that uh, that professional image out to the most people you can. And, and, you know, that's one thing I do like about LinkedIn is the fact that there's really not that much about the politics about it. And if you do get political in one way or the other, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle, uh, you know, for the most part, you're going to get shut down pretty quick with people. And David, if you go into settings, there's actually a little toggle where you can turn off political content. Oh, I did not know that. It actually says turn off political content and turn it off. See, that's where it's hard because even... Like I tell people like, hey, this is not a a political podcast. We don't talk about politics here. If we did, I'd probably have like a million subscribers by now, but we don't. And because of that, uh, you know, we try not to, you know, we try just neutral, but we will talk about regulation. And with regulation, because business regulation is important, you know, with regulation, that is where it could cross into terms of, uh, some political stuff, but we still try to limit the politics and talk more about the regulation. I don't see. I I turned off the political posts on LinkedIn, so so I would tell you I really don't see any. But I think it's because it's it's getting filtered for me. I mean, maybe I have mine turned off. I I'd have to check. So uh, I wanted to touch. Uh, I know I said last question like ten minutes ago, but uh, one final question: social social selling index. So if you get the uh, LinkedIn sales navigator, for example, it'll give you your SSI as they call it. What's a good number to have? I think they say anything above 70 is what you should be aiming for. I, I got to tell you, my my social selling index, uh, just it just it leveled out. It never changes. It's always the same number. Where? What number? It's, it's like 73. Which is very strange. I am 78, but they have me under broadcast media production and distribution because of the podcast. I just changed it over to 
uh, like ERP, what I do for my day job, because I mean, that's really what the profile is there for more than the podcast. The podcast compliments me. Did that affect the number? Don't know. And I just pulled it up as we were speaking because I wanted to see if it updated yet and if it has a, a change. But um, I used to be as high as like 83, 84. Then I got back surgery. And uh, when I had that, I wasn't really posting, only uh, not engaging. I was only posting. And once I started engaging again, I mean, it went from like 60 up to 73 in a month. Then I went, and then the following month, it went 73 to 78. Mine leveled out. It, it doesn't change. It's stuck. Mine is stuck. And it's been stuck for a while. And, and I don't. Send a complaint. Tell them like, hey, I'm writing books about you guys. <laughs> I need, I need, I need a better number. <laughs> Update it. But, but here's the thing. I, I think for most people, it, I think it's a good thing to look at, to see. And everyone, it's available to everyone, not just those who are on uh, Sales Navigator. Yeah. Oh, is it? I didn't, I didn't realize it was available to everyone. That's interesting. Anyone, I think it's linkedin.com forward slash SSI. I think that's how you access it. Um, but it's it's a good thing to look at. But ultimately, get on LinkedIn, you know, and have fun with it. Enjoy it. Engage. Have conversations. Uh, you know, make sure your profile looks good. Make sure it makes, you know, it, it impresses people. It makes you proud when you look at it. You know, get involved. and 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 don't so much worry about, oh, do I need to post every day? Hey, if you can post once a week, that's fabulous. That's wonderful. You know, we all have a job. Because I have it pulled up in front of me. The criteria they look at is establish your professional brand, find the right people, engage with insights, and build relationships. And I am above 20 for each one of those, except for engage with insights, because Again, when I had the back surgery and it was a long process because I had to get a couple and it was it was the worst time of my life. I'm just now starting to fully recover from it. But uh, I, I didn't really engage with anybody. I just posted the podcast and I, I was a minimalist for about a year uh, during all the surgeries and stuff like that. But once I started engaging... That went from like zero all the way up to 16 in a month. So, um, you know, it was quite easy for me to for me to rectify. But anyways, hey, please, Donna, tell us about your books. Where can people find you online? Tell us all about you. Sure. So I wrote a for dummies book on the topic of LinkedIn profiles. It's LinkedIn profile optimization for dummies. And it's available on Amazon and all the other, uh, you know, places that you could buy books. And it's an official for dummies book. Let's point that out. Second edition, second edition. And uh, yeah, they, they called me back in, oh my goodness, I think it was like 2015. And uh, it was an acquisitions editor. She found me on Twitter of all places, right? Twitter. And she said, we'd, we'd really like for you to write a for dummies book on this topic. And I was, I was through the roof. I tried so hard to maintain my composure. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. Well, thank you to me. I, for me, the for dummies books are, are something that I've always loved. I've always resonated with that, that concept of, you know, simplicity. Yeah, it really is. And so I'm proud to have been part of it. Uh, so it's second, thank you. Second edition. Um, but you, you know, if you visit my website, linkedin-makeover.com, 
that's really the best place to go. Um, if, if you're an individual and you need your LinkedIn profile optimized, if you need a resume, if you need bio, if you need help with blogging, we're here, you know, all of our pricing is, is there. It's easy to see. It's easy to work with us. If you're a company and you're thinking, oh my gosh, my, my team needs help. We have, we have employer branding options as well. Um, we're putting bulk pricing. <laughs> uh, I'm even actually coming out with a, a course that's going to help you audit and measure and, 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 and really evaluate your LinkedIn brand as a company to see, or where can we, where can we improve? How can we, how can we make the most of this, this platform? So we've got tons of stuff out there. We're also really incorporating more uh, of the AI and chat GPT into how to really do this in a manner that's smart, um, but still authentic. We just got our first chat GPT article out and uh, we put it through plagiarism checks and everything. And it wrote a pretty darn good article. So we're writing it with, uh, you know, written by ChatGPT and then edited by my sales rep, Jake, uh, because he did say that there was some grammar stuff he had to fix and, um, you know, minor tweaks to make it a little bit more sense, make a little more sense. And, you know, because of that, we gave him both byline credits, but we got that coming out very shortly. Oh, that's fascinating. That's awesome. For us, we really do believe in the human eye. So above all, you know, we want to write to the human eye and it's important for it to be authentic and real, but, you know, we're still looking at it and saying, you know, instant, Hey, we've got the instant profile course. So here's, here are the prompts that you can use if you want to do it yourself. But if you're going to work with us, you're going to work with a real person, a writer who's going to truly understand and help you because it's not about just writing. You know, it's really about the vision. It's about the story. It's it's understanding your strengths, understanding what you bring to an organization. And those are things that, you know, I don't think ChatGPT will ever really truly be able to do. Yeah. Hey, Donna, thank you so much. And I love what you're doing, helping businesses, helping people build their professional growth profiles. Thank you so much for coming on. And I can't wait for that copy of the book to come. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Cheers. Wow, such an amazing chat with Donna, right? Love her, so knowledgeable. Her personality, totally amazing. First, though, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked some warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business, please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your family. Wherever you dwell on the interwebs, anybody that can benefit from the three G's that we preach on this show, personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. In fact, we were just nominated by expert podcast bookers as one of the top 12 business podcast out there that you gotta listen to so please help us grow we can only grow when people like you share out our episodes now let's get back to the real rock star of the show donna okay it took me 192 episodes but i finally got an author of one of the official four dummies books on the show and what a perfect timing it was i've got to say because Everything is about LinkedIn right now. I think other social media platforms, <coughs> Twitter, <coughs> you know, are in flux, but LinkedIn is growing and getting better day by day. It's such a powerful 
tool if you use it the right way. And I think people are really starting to learn and embrace how to use it, you know, more effectively, I guess you can say. And the thing is, is I really love talking with Donna. Like, for example, we were talking about profiles, okay? We, on this show all the time, I always tell everybody, you know, we don't live in a a black or white world. We live in a gray world. It's never one way or the other way. You know, it's usually somewhere in the middle. And yeah, it could be slanted one direction or the other direction, but it's never just this or that. Okay. We live in gray. That's called nuance. And I loved when I gave the example to Donna that I feel that there's two types of profiles on LinkedIn. One, People that are looking for jobs, which most people have their profile set up as almost as a resume or number two, somebody like my profile where it's set up more like a professional brand. And she was like, yeah, that's absolutely true. But there's also more layers than just that. And she went into some of those descriptions. I love it. I, I love when people teach me, they challenge me. And, you know, she taught me the nuance that it is more than just those two types of profiles. I love learning about that nuance because the world is nuanced. Business is nuanced. And there is more than just meets the eye on the surface. So awesome stuff, Donna. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge about how to you know, make people over on LinkedIn to allow them and their businesses to look more professional. Great stuff. Please check out our website, linkedin-makeover.com. Question of the day. How do you have your profile on LinkedIn? Is it more resume hunter? Is it more brand professional? Is it somewhere in the middle, like uh, the nuances that Donna was talking about? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. Remember, if you want to be on the show, interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please join the channel. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark and support the show. Hit the super thanks button. It's the heart with the dollar sign. You know, donate a dollar, $20, whatever you do. We put it back into the show. We actually just got a brand new camera that should be here in the next uh, two, three weeks that we'll start using. That'll make the shows look more cinematic and more professional. Totally excited about that. But we use a lot of money and revenue to reach out to help people learn and grow. So every dollar you send in, goes right back into the show. Also, again, you got to give a shout out to Sador. If you're using QuickBooks, okay, get on SAP, jump off of QuickBooks, take that next step up and really standardize and make your business professional. Again, it's Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R.com. You all already know this by now, but I'll say it once again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 